My name is Pastor Peter Gedaka. I serve at Higher Ground Praise Chapel. We want to thank you for finding time to join us today for our Bible study. Thank you so much. And what we do in our Bible study, we pick a book, we go through that book, chapter after chapter, verse by verse. Isaiah described it in Isaiah 28 as line upon line, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. And that's what we do in our Bible study. Our desire is to be able not only to read the Bible, but maybe to understand and understand from its depth. Bonus if you will. And so if you are one of those who their desire is to study and understand the word of God, you are in the right place. So thank you so very much for joining us. We normally use King James Version and sometimes we know that King James because of the English, the ancient English that was used, it can sometimes be a bit difficult to understand. And therefore for clarity, we would want to use a different version. So get yourself a Bible, get yourself a pen and a notebook. And of course, don't forget to look for a comfortable place for the next 30 minutes. There are some scriptures we'll be quoting because of time. Please note them so that you can read them later and see how they agree or line up with the scriptures and the passage that we have already gone through. So thank you so much, much again. Welcome. We go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. Now Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 says, To whom God would make known what is the leeches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The previous verse that we saw last broadcast stated that this mystery was made manifest. That was verse 26. It was made manifest to the saints. Here, what we see now is that Paul was stating that God not only wants us to know this mystery, but also the leashes of the glory of this mystery. This is emphasizing that there is more than just a surface understanding of this truth. We need to seek the fullness of this revelation. What God desires for his New Testament saints is to know that the Old Testament saints could not know is Christ in us the hope of glory. They could not understand that. They didn't know that. The coming of the Messiah was predicted in the Old Testament, but the idea that he would actually indwell us was beyond anyone's comprehension, imagination. However, the New Testament is clear that Christ, by the Holy Spirit, takes up permanent residence in every believer. Bonus, if you will. You find that in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22, and 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This is a wonderful truth that some fail to 
fully appreciate. Solomon said at the dedication of the temple, and I quote, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heavens and the heaven of heavens cannot contain him. How much less this house that I have built. That's in First King chapter 8 verse 27. We could say, how much less this physical body that we live in. How can it contain the king of kings, the lord of lords, who the heavens and the heavens of heavens cannot contain him. It's amazing. It's amazing to even think God's word, you have to receive it by faith. But among that which is in the word of God, there are some which are mind-blowing like this one. The Lord's commitment to dwell us and never leave us or forsake us in Hebrew 13.5 must be taken as an indication of his great love for us. If we continually think upon this with all its implications, how could we ever be lonely? I'm thinking about the king of kings continually living in your life and walking with you. If we just meditate on such depression, oppression, and suppression, or whatever oppression, would never find you anywhere. Our attitudes and fears reveal that this revelation of Christ in us is not well established. It's a not a well established fact in most Christians. However, this verse makes it very clear that our Father wants to make the leashes of the glory of this mystery known to us. We should all be seeking a greater revelation of this truth. The Amplified says, to whom God was pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the leashes of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ within and among you, the hope of glory. Realizing the glory. <laughs> that is quite something. The word hope, which was translated from the Greek epis, and you find it in this verse, comes from a Greek word meaning anticipate. Usually with pressure. On other occasions, Paul said the Holy Spirit was the earnest or down payment of our inheritance. Paul was saying that Christ in us is a taste and guarantee of what is to come. Verse 28 says, Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Paul's preaching took on two forms, that of warning and that of preaching, that of warning and that of preaching. Warning carries the idea of what should happen if you don't do what is required. It's an idea of cautioning, making aware of potential danger, notifying to stay away all admonishing us to action. Teaching, on the other hand, is instructing and training and impacting knowledge and spiritual truth 
it is the responsibility of every believer to carry out the great commission of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 20. It is also necessary to ensure freedom from the forces of darkness. John chapter 8, verse 8. So Paul's teaching was not one-sided. It was multi-dimension. This one you find in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, 2 Timothy 3, 17, Hebrews 6, verse 1. Now, some groups have taken statements like the one Paul has just made here and also the one you find in Colossians chapter 1, verse 6 and have taught that Jesus actually appeared to everyone. <laughs> that again is not true. It is not to be understood that Paul was warning and teaching every person he possibly could and that he was claiming that every person had been leashed to the gospel. That is not true. Again, that is what we call hyperbole. It's something that you exaggerate to make an emphasis. Let's look at verse 29. Verse 29 says, Where unto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Something Jesus Christ includes hard work. Paul used the Greek word kopiaro. It describes his labor. It means to labor with wearsome effort. In the Greek, this is in the present tense, which signifies a continuous and habitual action. Paul himself stated, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labor more abundantly than they all, or them all. That is 1 Corinthians 15.10. Now, the word striving is also in the present tense in the Greek. This word carries the idea of competing in the gymnastics. So, what Paul was saying here is that when grace is understood correctly, is not a passive theological concept, but a life-giving power that manifests through mankind. Weaknesses as they depend on the living Christ. Let's go to chapter 2. For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Rhodesia, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. My face in the flesh. Paul wanted the Colossians to know the conflict he has been experiencing over them. Paul didn't hide or mask his love. He was a passionate man who believed in communicating his true feelings. Of course, not all <laughs> feelings are bad. The positive emotions that God gives needs to be expressed. The conflict that Paul was having was not physical or external. He was speaking of interceding for these Colossians and Odysseans in the same way that he described to the Galatians. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19 where he says, I travel in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Until Christ 
be formed in you. Paul so earnestly desired the maturity of these new believers that he was continually praying and praying for them, for Christ to be formed in them. Is it formed? It's the character that they may have the character of Christ and walk as they walk in Christ. Paul had not personally read the, the Colossians and I think we saw that one light from Colossians chapter 1 verse 4. That was what he was referring to when he said he's never seen them face to face or face in the flesh. They had never met face to face. Let's go to verse 2. Verse 2 says their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and into all leashes of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. This is quite a compacted verse, but we'll pick it verse by verse, line upon line, <laughs> and get to see the depth of that which Paul is telling the Colossians. Colossians chapter 2 verse 1, Paul wanted to see the Colossians personally. Now, this verse describes the things Paul wanted to make sure they knew and experienced as it gives us insight of the things Paul's ministry accomplished in the people he ministered to. Paul longed for the Colossians to be comforted. This attitude is noticeably different than that of many people, many ministers, and I don't want to get into who is who, but let's stick to what Paul wanted. Paul wanted the Colossians to be comforted. Paul's ministry produced love, love among the brethren. That was his desire. The Greek word, which was translated knit together here, is the same Greek word that was translated compacted. You know, compacted. When you talk of compacted, and that one was Ephesians 4.16. It means to drive together, to bring together, to unite so the picture you have is a picture that through the love of God, each believer becomes intertwined with and inseparable from one another. It's a unit. It's you are together. Of course, here the end results of this kind of love is the revelation knowledge of Christ in us will abound, abound because we affect one another. Those who get to know this, who have this testimony, those who have this testimony, those who know this, there is teaching and encouragement among and in the body. The mystery that Paul was desiring the Colossians receive, revelation of was Christ in you, the hope of glory. That one in Ephesians chapter, Colossians chapter 1 verse 27, the Christ in you, the hope of glory. He spoke of acknowledgement, that's one word, of this mystery that he's calling a mystery. And again, we saw it was a mystery to the Old Testament people. They could not even comprehend or think about it. But now it's not a mystery to the Christians because it's being revealed. Only those who don't want to know will be kept away from knowing. The word acknowledgement means the act of admitting or owning to something, the 
act of admitting or owning to something. Number two, it means recognition of another's existence. Recognition of another existence or validity or recognition of authority or recognition of a light. So what you can see here is that you can't acknowledge or admit something that is not already true. Paul was not instructing them to seek to get Christ in them but to admit what was already true. It is already a reality that every believer is indwelt by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ. You find that in 1 Corinthians 3.16. So many Christians today aren't trying to release Christ within them. They are praying that Christ would come to them. But Christ is already in their heart. John 3, 3 talks about you being born again with the spirit of Christ. And your spirit being regenerated and the spirit of Christ residing within you. So Paul said, we not only need to acknowledge this mystery, Christ in us, the hope of glory, but we also need to understand the mystery. Acknowledge the mystery, understand the mystery. I know some have acknowledged Christ in them, but they don't seem to understand or even appreciate what that means. There's another word that Paul used, assurance. So Paul says we not only need to understand the mystery, but we also need to, assure, to be assured. We have this assurance of understanding. The word assure means to make certain ensure, to make certain and to ensure, to set the mind at rest. In other words, we must pursue this understanding until it is so firmly established in us that we are at perfect rest and peace in Christ. Those who are fearful or depressed are not really sure that Christ is in them and Christ being in them the hope of glory. Paul also mentioned full assurance. There is a difference between being assured and having to be fully assured. Paul uses the word persuaded and he also uses the word full persuaded. These are descriptive words. He also spoke of the leashes of this full assurance. There is the assurance, the full assurance. There is assurance and the leashes of this full assurance. All these descriptive words are emphasizing that there are different levels of understanding. There are different levels of understanding. We need to keep pressing towards the mark, Philippians 3.14, until we receive the highest level of acknowledgement, understanding, and assurance as possible as we can. Let's look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now I want you to look at the pronoun whom. The word whom that is referred to here is Christ. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Since we are in him, 2 Corinthians 5.17, and he is in us, Romans 8, 
and verse 9 and first John 4 verse 15 all the wisdom and the knowledge of God is in us Bwana asifiwe that one is a mind blowing statement because some of us you even think about some things you did yesterday some tests you did a year or two ago the way you are handling your finances and you are thinking that knowledge and wisdom may not be in me. But it is in your spirit. It's in your born again spirit. It doesn't have to just stay there. We can draw it out. First Corinthians 14.2 I want you to notice that Paul did just say that wisdom and knowledge are in Christ. But he intentionally said treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The wisdom and knowledge of Christ are infinite. He created the universe through his wisdom and knowledge. And he continues to keep it intact with the same. God's wisdom is so complete that he is never at a loss at what to do at any given time. Even to fix our problems. We can draw on that wisdom as we abide in Christ. Now here Paul was at the heart of the reason he wrote this epistles. He wanted the Colossians to be so clouded in the truth that no one could move them from their faith in Christ. He did this not so much by attacking of the potential errors but by expounding on the truth. Expounding on the truth of the word of God. Specifically, the truth of Christ in you, the hope of glory. So once we get the revelation that Christ is in us, his fullness, and that we are complete in him, then how can we ever move away from the truth? To what can we compare this truth? I know there are people who've walked out of this truth, but they never appreciated, they never knew to a point that they can appreciate. David said, taste the Lord and know that he is good. Taste the Lord and know that he is good. Psalms 34, 8. Once people have fully tasted the goodness of the Lord, nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else will satisfy them. This word that was used by Paul, the word begil, this word means to deceive, cheat, and divert. Satan's strongest attack is not a flaunter, the way you confront. No, it's not a confronter or flaunter assault against the truth of the gospel. Rather, it's deception, perversion, manipulation. And this will capture you if you're not alert. Notice that Paul was warning against the enticing words that the enemy was using to turn their hearts away from the truth. Satan didn't use the biggest animal <laughs> against Eve. He used the sly, the one that's a sly. The enemy would just not come by force and pull you down, but he'll go loud the truth and add to it and move some out of it and lure you out of the Lord. So we need to be aware of this and protect ourselves by diligently guarding our hearts against any words that oppose the truth of God's word. We can't do that 
if we are not thoroughly equipped or acquainted with God's truth. Therefore, as Paul was arguing here, we need to be grounded in the foundational principles of the gospel. Born as if you were. And our time is quite on the point. And I want to stop here. And God willing, we pick up from here in our next broadcast. I want to thank you for staying on with us up to this point. Let's meet again in the next broadcast and pick it from here. Make a date with us. Call a friend or talk to a friend. Let them know about this program. I will also want you to possibly get back to me if there's something you need some clarity or you want to make a comment, but not an abuse. Not abuse. I will very clearly put it that way. But however, I know this is a Christian program and we are mature as Paul puts it. We are not seeking to irritate or abuse one another. My number is, therefore, 0750. One zero three zero nine three zero. God bless you. Let's meet again, God willing, and let's hear some more of what God would want us to know about His Word and so much concerning our life in Christ Jesus. Amen. <music>